Chapter 66 of Explanation of Catholic Morals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Explanation of Catholic Morals by John H. Stapleton. Chapter 66. Correction. Among the many things that are good for children and that parents are in duty bound to supply is the rod. This may sound old-fashioned, and it unfortunately is. There is a new school of home discipline in vogue nowadays. Slippers have outgrown their usefulness as implements of persuasion, being now employed exclusively as footgear. The lissom birch thrives ungarnered in the thicket, where grace and gentleness supply the whilom vigor of its sway. The unyielding barrel stave that formerly occupied a place of honor and convenience in the household is now relegated, a harmless thing, to a forgotten corner of the cellar, and no longer points a moral, but adorns a woodpile. Disciplinary applications of the old type have fallen into innocuous desuetude. The penny now tempts, the sugar candy soothes, and sugar-coated promises entice when the rod should quell and blister. Meanwhile, the refractory urchin, with no fear to stimulate his sluggish conscience, chuckles, rejoices, and is glad, and bethinks himself of some uninvented methods of devilment. Yes, it is old-fashioned in these days to smite with the rattan, as did the mighty of yore. The custom certainly lived a long time. The author of the proverb spoke of the practice to the parents of his generation and there is no mistaking the meaning of his words. He spoke with authority, too. If we mistake not, it was the Holy Ghost that inspired his utterances. Here are a few of his old-fashioned sayings. Spare the rod and spoil the child. He who loves his child spares not the rod. Correction gives judgment to the child who ordinarily is incapable of reflection. If the child be not chastised, it will bring down shame and disgrace upon the head of its parent. It is our opinion that authority of this sort should redeem the defect of antiquity under which the teaching itself labors. There are some things ever ancient, ever new. This is one of them. The philosophy of correction may be found in the doctrine of original sin. Every child of Adam has a nature that is corrupted, it is a soil in which pride in all its forms and with all its cortege of vices takes strong and ready root. This growth crops out into stubbornness, selfishness, a horror of restraint, effort and self-denial, mischief, and a spirit of rebellion and destruction. In its native state, untouched by the rod of discipline, the child is wild. Now, you must force a crooked tree to grow straight, you must break a wild colt to domesticate it, and you must whip a wild boy to make him fit for the company of civilized people. Being self-willed, he will seek to follow the bent of his own inclinations, without intelligence or experience, and by nature prone to evil. He will follow the wrong path. And the habits acquired in youth, the faults developed, he will carry through life to his own and the misery of others. He therefore requires training and a substitute for judgment, 
and, according to the Holy Ghost, the rod furnishes both. In the majority of cases, nothing can supply it. This theory has held good in all the ages of the world, and, unless the species has evolved by extraordinary leaps and bounds within the last 50 years, it holds good today, modern nursery milk and honey discipline to the contrary notwithstanding. It may be hard on the youngster, it was hard on us, but the difficulty is only temporary, and difficulty, some genius has said, is the nurse of greatness, a harsh nurse who roughly rocks her foster children into strength and athletic proportions. The great point is that this treatment be given in time, when it is possible to administer it with success and fruit. The ordinary child does not need oft-repeated doses. A firm hand and a vigorous application go a long way in most cases. Half-hearted milk-and-water castigation, like physic, should be thrown to the dogs. Long threatenings spoil the operation. They betray weakness, which the child is the first to discover. And, without being brutal, it is well that the chastisement be such as will linger somewhat longer in the memory than in the sensibility. The defects that deserve this corrective especially are insubordination, sulkiness, and sullenness. It is good to stir up the lazy. It is necessary to instill in the child's mind a saving sense of its own inferiority and to inculcate lessons of humility, self-effacement, and self-denial. It should scourge dishonesty and lying. The bear licks its cub into shape. Let the parent go to the bear, inquire of its ways, and be wise. His children will then have a moral shape and a form of character that will stand them in good stead in afterlife. And they will give thanks in proportion to the pain inflicted during the process of formation. End of chapter 66. Recording by Nathan Kinja.